Hey, everybody, it's your boy, Jordan J. Adams, United Fight Alliance. Well, it's Carnivore Month here at For the Fighter and You. And to help celebrate, we're going to bring you three world-class MDs who all specialize in this nutritional protocol. And if even a third of the health benefits that are promised on this protocol come true and are accurate, this is a huge game-changer for the entire planet. It is fascinating science, and as you'll see, some of the ailments that it appears to be working on successfully is mind-blowing. You're not going to want to miss any of these podcasts. So without further ado, let's get started. It's the Carnivore Nutritional Protocol on For the Fighter in You. Let's hit it. You're listening to For the Fighter in You. A truly amazing show in store for you guys today. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, talking with Dr. Kiltz before we went on, we both know we're going to go long here and it's just going to be nothing but nuggets, nothing but life-changing information for you guys today. So let me give him the proper intro that he uh, so deserves. Dr. Robert Kiltz is a diplomat of the American Board of Obstetrics and Gynecology and is fellowship trained and board certified in reproductive endocrinology and infertility. A graduate of the University of Southern California, he completed medical school at the University of California, Davis. After residency at the University of Colorado Health Science Center in Denver, he practiced at Kaiser Permanente in California, followed by a fellowship in reproductive endocrinology and infertility at Harbor UCLA Medical Center. Prior to Co uh, prior to founding CNY Fertility, Dr. Kiltz practiced reproductive endocrinology and infertility at the Alta Bates in vitro fertilization program. While a clinical fa faculty member at the University of California, San Francisco, which is annually ranked among the top two medical schools in America, by the way, a thought leader in the keto carnivore mov movement, Dr. Kiltz believes that an animal-based diet dramatically improves mental clarity, fertility, and health, empowering people to live their best lives. In addition to his own media channels, Dr. Kiltz appears regularly on numerous popular blogs and social media outlets and has shared his views as a speaker at TEDx. Raised in L.A., my old L.A. stomping ground, and now a central New Yorker by choice, Dr. Kiltz is a licensed pilot, frequently commuting in his Cirrus SR-22T, hope I said that right, between CNY Fertility's offices in Albany, Syracuse, Rochester, and Buffalo. He draws inspiration from his practices as an accomplished painter and an accomplished potter. It's too bad you haven't done anything with your life, Dr. Kiltz. It's too bad. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you get something going? I mean, can you can you make something happen? I mean, why why such a you know static life here? Well, Welcome well, to the and, show. And you didn't add the fact that my brother and I love to wrestle and we broke things way too much got in trouble with my parents so <laughs> uh, wrestling near and dear to my heart we'll have to talk oh, about that yeah. as well have and to talk the, about that and the olympic auditorium my father used to take us to in la uh and we, we always just that was the best that was the best oh, yeah that that auditorium was amazing 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 i miss la you know it's it's too bad all those rough things are happening right now um i was just there about three months ago. And I, I went down to San Pedro, not the town, but San Pedro, the street in downtown LA, just to see how bad things had gotten. It's about 10 blocks now. 
of people on the street and uh you know really really sad um but i still it's still the creative capital of the world if you're if you're gonna if you want a career in film television you know uh, theater i mean there's no other place to live other than maybe new york if you're theater but man i enjoyed my time out there i'm gonna LA kid through and through, born and raised on the streets. And, uh, you know, you, you grow and you learn. I'm in upstate New York. I'm in uh, in uh, Sarasota, Florida. I'm also in Colorado. I'm out in uh, Irvine in LA uh, also. So, you know, really it's a global, it's a global everything. And we, we're in the ability to, to, to share conversations around the globe with people, which is what I've been doing now for a few years and just inspired from so many people like yourself. So thank you for inviting me on today absolutely thank you for being here maybe give us a little bit of your background dr kilts and um in addition to your background why you decided to specialize in infertility well uh let's see so born and raised in los angeles i was a street kid uh kicked out of school couldn't read in a gang my father in jail and i just throw those in because we have such eclectic lifestyles and where we came from uh the best thing that happened to me was um i got into a pottery class at age 16 and Mrs. Wong taught me pottery and jewelry and, and really inspired me to stick with it. I've been doing it now for over 50 years and I love pottery and, uh, but the arts are critical in life, but um, it got me off the streets and got me focused on something that I really was good at. I was a worker. I worked at the Broadway department store, Dodger stadium, uh, uh, down at uh, a boat launching ramp in, in Newport, or beach. I was there at like four in the morning every day. And uh, so I, I broke my leg at age at age 19. Uh, and I had no idea what I wanted to do. But I met a doctor who was kind of hippie ish. And I use it very loosely, but I was really inspired by this doctor. And I decided I want to be a doctor. So it took me another five years, six years of undergrad, LA City College, USC, uh, to get into medical school. I didn't get in the first time. I just kept at it. I'm a, I'm a, a worker. I love working. Uh, and that's, and, and I'm committed when I have a goal, I just keep on moving and moving and moving. And despite the fact that I couldn't read and all the, the things uh, against me, uh, dyslexic and all those sort of things, um, I found my, found my way to becoming a, a, a doctor, uh, OBGYN. I really loved uh, delivering babies and surgeries and primary women's care. Uh, when I worked at Kaiser in Roseville, Dr. Kurt Kluster inspired me to uh, learn more about fertility. And um, I got an offer to do a fellowship at Harbor UCLA in Los Angeles, which was my stomping grounds. And I, I quickly went right back there and I loved it. Uh, after my fellowship at Harbor UCLA, I wound up at Berkeley in Alta Bates, uh, in uh, and also at UCSF as a as a, a volunteer uh, a professor there. And uh, but at, at the same time, I wasn't loving California anymore, and so I made my way up to upstate New York, the Finger Lakes, and eventually I started my own practice, CNY Fertility, and it's sort of kind of grown from there. I began integrating um, Eastern and Western medicine about 20 years ago, meditation, prayer, visualization, uh, physical work like, like uh, yoga and Tai Chi and things like that. I was a crazy exerciser. Uh, I did everything crazy, but I suffered bowel bleeding, arthritis, psoriasis, migraines, kidney stones, back problems, depression, all of those things. And uh, I slowly found my way 
uh, because of my patients who were getting pregnant on paleo. About 15 years ago, I found myself between paleo, then keto, and almost 12 years ago, I found carnivore. In literally one month, all my diseases went away, and I've never looked back. That is really what I want to drill down on, because that, to me, is <clears throat> is the miracle of going on an all-meat, and it's across the board. All you have to do is just put in, you know, for a search parameter, you know, just put in meat only or carnivore and watch the hundreds, if not thousands of people who cure eight, nine, 10 nasty life-threatening ailments that hurt, that physically hurt, like, you know, just that alone. Uh, it seems to me, and, and tell me if this is, is, is accurate, most ailments are starting to look like they come from this kind of inflammatory blood sugar slash diabetes, you know, type of lifestyle is that what the meat only protocol is addressing the inflammation itself well my sister marianne suffered from diabetes since age four and she died at 52 about um 12 to 12 years ago my best friend dave kilmer died the same year uh at age 52 a lymphoma a healthy doctor all right uc davis the head of pmnr healthy gets cancer, dies only months later. That began to my journey on figuring out the why part of it. And, and uh, I know meat-based pretty much only solved my issues. Then I dug deep into understanding the fact that actually plants are mostly poisonous for humans in any significance or frequency. And, and that's the game changer. Plants, in my opinion, are the predators and we're the prey. And eating them in the in the frequency and the amount and the variety we eat turns out to be deadly. But a healthy diet, if you hear the word healthy diet, and I hear it all the time, people tell me I'm, I eat a healthy diet. That means to me, you're eating lots of fruits, fiber, vegetables, seeds, and nuts. You're eating pretty much no red meat and you eat lean meat only. And it turns out that fat is actually suppresses inflammation when it's eaten. And it turns out to be the fuel for the mitochondria and not sugar and not protein directly. Wow. And the mitochondria being the energy center that let's, is that the reason I'm seeing you getting up at five in the morning for your meetups, M-E-A-T meetups and, and why you're a pilot and why you have, you know, all these different businesses. And like, is that, did you notice a, a substantial energy uh, boost when you got off of the traditional diet and fix those inflammatory issues? Was there also an, an energy component to it, the mitochondria? And well, I think I've always been energetic in, in a sense, a little ADHD, OCD, uh, et cetera. But, but I become much more discerning and directive. My brain actually can accomplish more, focus more, and it's smarter. The brain is smarter because if you think about it, alcohol, heroin, cocaine, marijuana, nicotine are all drugs that actually make us, I'm going to use the word dumb, uh, less smart, okay? Although a lot of smart people, but ultimately plants are hallucinogenics, right? And when we eat standard diets, a lot of plants, we're getting all these standard plant toxins and chemicals. Just look Look at Wikipedia on plant poisons. Look at uh, the USDA has a research journal on plant poisoning for livestock. And 
livestock are meant to eat the plants, yet they get many diseases and die over eating the plants. Well, we eat the plants, and why are we surprised getting diseases based on a plant-based diet? Uh, and, and, and absolutely, I get up at 3 a.m. almost every day. Um, I'm, I'm at my office usually by 4 to 4.30, and I'm on live at 5 every day. One is because as a physician, I went into medicine to help people. And I feel like I found the thing that helps more people than ever before. And you don't have to pay a dime to ever come see me. It's kind of the irony, isn't it? It's like you're kind of uh, you're kind of informing people right out of a career here. But but you know, it's uh, it kind of speaks to how serious you are and how passionate you are about the efficacy. Um, in that you're going to lose some patience, you know. And there does seem to be. I see a pattern and I've never had anyone disprove it. There seems to be a pattern of traditional medicine wanting, they don't want you to die, right? Because in a way you're a customer. So they want you to die, but they want you to keep lining up at Walgreens and CVS for those orange bottles. And every time I go, you know, I don't go to those two stores that often, but every once in a while, my wife will ask me to get grab or something. And I go in and there's always a line. And I'm like, I, I want to shout to these people. You know, I, 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 in a in a positive way, I want to say, hey man, there's a we're, uh, we're shouting, potential way to get off this merry-go-round. You know, pills to wake up, pills to go to sleep. Well, again, the 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 journal is there to teach for the livestock industry that when the animals are damaged on the plants, they lose money. But when humans are damaged on a plant-based diet, someone makes money. And that's the irony to the whole story. Again, what did we eat 50,000, 100,000, a million years? I don't know. All right. But all the evidence points that we ate a lot more fatty meat. Listen, when you ate the fat, the organ meats, that was the very best. But if you were eating mostly a plant-based diet, you likely didn't survive. You were already in a starvation mode. I uh, I told some people I was going to be going on with you and some some of my friends are still vegetarians. And I said, Hey, if there's any questions you have for Dr. Kiltz, let me know. So there'll be some pushback questions later, but right oh, now yeah. I want to address uh, various diseases in the intersection of carnivore and how carnivore addresses those diseases. So the big four and correct me if I'm wrong, the big four would be diabetes, heart disease, cancer, and perhaps Alzheimer's. And from what I've seen watching all your shows and some of the other prestigious MDs who are uh, promoting carnivore. Carnivore addresses the big four. Would you mind kind of going through a piece by piece how it addresses diabetes? Well, well, there are five causes of all disease. And, 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 and um, they're all related to inflammation. So type one diabetes is a small a subset of diabetes. The majority of diabetics are type two. So the type ones have no insulin and the type two have plenty of insulin. The, the, the running theory is that something called insulin resistance, your insulin just isn't working hard enough or isn't capable to move the glucose into the cells. So it lowers your glucose level. But I say that's impossible. If you're eating a plant-based diet, uh, fruit, fiber, vegetables, seeds, and nuts, lettuce, asparagus, kale, broccoli, carrots, that all breaks down to simple sugar. As long as you're eating simple sugar, insulin goes up 
because insulin wants to convert the sugar to fat in the liver in order to make fat so you could be alive during the famine. So we are built to eat and love to eat sugar because your brain sees it and says, I'm going to eat sugar because it's going to get me fat. So I survived the famine or the week or two or three that I'm sick or in the cave or whatever reason. But ultimately, what if everything we think about disease is wrong and everything we think about the metabolic pathways might be wrong? And that's my my supposition, premonition, my hypothesis and theory that ultimately type two diabetes is simply a disease of eating plants. No plants, no diabetes type two. And even type one diabetes is caused by eating plants, lectins, oxalates, phytates, and all the other plant chemicals and antigens that attack your pancreas, islet cells, and basically trash your ability to make insulin. So just like thyroid disorders, which is actually the leading, leading hormonal dysfunction is thyroid disease. The number one drug written is Synthroid or thyroid, the thyroid medications, because everyone suffers because plants have every mechanism in it to kill you. And they want to kill you to, because you are trying to eat them and they don't like you eating them. And so again, uh, if you eat complex carbohydrates, they take days to digest. That means complex carbohydrates are always secreting glucose or sugars into your bloodstream all the time. Well, if that's the case, you're gonna have insulin rising all the time. If you go on a fast, and stop eating plants or stop eating at all for, a, for days to a week, your glucose level drops, your insulin level drops, okay? And so historically, finding food was very difficult. Have you ever had trouble finding food? No. Not in America. <laughs> we don't have trouble finding food. I mean, you're right, not in America. Uh, so, so our brain is always on the lookout for opportunities for food and reproductive opportunities, because that's all that really matters in the universe. If you can't feed yourself first, you can't reproduce. You must be fed, and then you're absolutely able to reproduce. And most animals want to be fat in order to reproduce. And it's so simple. And so diabetes, hypertension, cancer, stroke, heart disease are all simply caused by a plant-based diet, which basically is, is, is causing inflammation in your, in your gut. It's damaging something called the glycobiome. The glycobiome is a Teflon shield of sugar molecules that are the barcode and the barrier for the microbes. And they're, they're saying, stay out, don't come in here. And they're protecting the epithelial layer to do its normal function of keeping things in and keeping things out. But when you eat sugars, it damages the glycobiome. Sugars dissolve sugars. Now your epithelial cells are exposed. The microbes, the bacteria, the yeast, and the viruses love you. And, and, and since, since before you were born, your mother consumed carbohydrates in excessive amounts, and then you were likely fed a bottle with non-milk, not non-human milk products, right? Which have foreign glycans. The foreign glycans are the foreign molecules that your body is constantly trying to get rid of. And so uh, once it breaks down again, uh, and we, I suffered from GI disorders as a kid, migraines as a kid, respiratory disorders as a kid. And, and, and so 
this barrier is broken down and it's broken down in the blood vessels. So there's a glycobiome in the blood vessels, just like the bowels, when it breaks down uh, and the sugar sticks to it and causes something called glycation, which is called rusting of the cells, the cells and epithelial die. Well, that's no good. So the, the body now has to fix the damage. And what do you fix a cell with? Well, you fix it with fat because the epithelial layers, the, 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 the cell wall is made out of phospholipids, which are fat layers. So first you put the fat layer in and fat got the blame that sugar did the damage and fat's just trying to fix the problem. And so, uh, but the, the inflammation is happening all the time. This is not like a one time, it's all the time. So it's amazing we live as long as we do and as quite as healthy as we do, even the fact that we're eating uh, a, a non-proper uh, 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 diet for a human being. So, all right, cancer. Cancer is damage to the mitochondria and the cells in the same way. What's the cause? Sugar. Where does sugar? Potatoes, tomatoes, uh, onions, and garlic are all made of what? Sugar, right? White sugar comes from a, a cane plant, which is basically a, a, a grass, corn, rice, uh, and and sugar uh, are all basically grasses, right? That that were that were never the way they are in our modern world because we've manipulated them to be bigger and sweeter and and quote better for us but but ultimately uh, all of those are caused by glycation as the single leading cause which damages either the mitochondria the glycobiome or the epithelial cells directly or indirectly um and and once the damage happens you know all the diseases come about and all the treatments are basically related to a band-aid but you've never removed the, the cause of agent until I went carnivore. Again, it got better on paleo, it got better on keto, it got better on Atkins, but, but it never got, stayed better because I continuously fed my bowels and my body the number one single causative agent, which is a plant. So fascinating. And it, and it turns the, the, the whole world upside down you know i think of my traditional allopathic doctor and um you know when i told him i was eating egg yolks and steak and, and the look on his face was was incredulous um you know the whole cholesterol thing maybe if you wouldn't mind addressing I, and i think we're starting to get some traction on this one but nonetheless if you would be so kind as to oh. explain the cholesterol issue when you're eating more cholesterol that doesn't translate to more cholesterol you know more dangerous cholesterol right like the the uh, ldl is not having that number high is not what they not the danger that they say it is as long as okay. certain elements okay. exist so, so so eliminate cholesterol measurement at all worthless okay so so we're measuring something that's going to make you afraid because you have high cholesterol. Guess what? You need cholesterol for your brain, your cells, your mitochondria, your hormones. Everything about you is made of cholesterol. You, you know, you, you basically every cell wall is made of fat, cholesterol, proteins, and it's even made of sugars. But the sugars are called glycans, 
And glucose is just another glycan that's critical for the proper functioning of your body, but you've never meant to eat it of any significance or frequency. Uh, from time to time, you're fine, but we also are meant to eat fat. And so the glycobiome, this is that sugar layer. See, everyone talks about the microbiome. It's the glycobiome that trumps everything. The glycobiome is the sugar layer, just like if you look outside on your grass or the or 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 the forest of 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 the lands, basically without the plants, the soil is eroded and it cracks and dries and it's it's not proper. of the soil protect it, and they and they and they they keep they keep the the bugs and the and the beasts from getting into the soil. All right. And, and so that's what the glycobiome is for. But basically, cholesterol, have you ever, one interesting fact, have you ever noticed that butter left out on the counter never gets mold on it? Never. So fat eaten is anti-inflammatory, but we're told not to eat fat. Remember, fruit, fiber, vegetables, seeds, nuts, lean meats, but no red meat. Eat chicken, turkey, fish filet, uh, or fake meat, which is ultimately lacks the single most important thing for your body, which is fat. Fat, you must make fat or you must eat fat. If you don't eat fat, you must make fat. If you don't have a functional liver or insulin, you cannot make fat from amino acids and simple sugars. That's as simple as that. And so when you eat fat, you actually, it goes to the lymphatics, thoracic duct, and sub, and then shared everywhere in your body because your body is like, okay, I need fat, but you're not eating it. But for the first three and a half million years, when we were hunting in a pack and we killed animals 10 times our size, and we managed to go for what is the healthiest thing to eat? The fat and the organ meats, by the way. And then we let the lean meat go to the scavengers right? Or we fed it to the dogs, uh, but we did not eat lean meat of any significance or frequency because it was not good for us. There's something called rabbit starvation. And I bet we're now suffering from turkey and chicken starvation. Again, we're not dying of starvation in the same sense, but we're sick. And we're sick because we're eating the incorrect diet. Now, again, I'm just a scientist, a researcher, a physician. I was taught absolutely the wrong things about nutrition because very few people truly understand the real nature of health and wellness. And my bet is back to the simple thing. The mitochondria require acetyl-CoA in the most, most fastest amounts. Glucose and make pyruvate and then to make acetyl-CoA, when you could simply take a long chain fatty particle and cut it into two carbon particles and make acetyl-CoA that fast, all right? And so again, our scientists have figured out this very complicated metabolic pathway that somehow puts sugar as the most important molecule for making ATP. It's not. And, and, and we see that people who go fasting and eat only fatty meat, feel better, the inflammation goes away. And it's like, well, why? Again, 
Dan, when, when Ansel Keys and many others suggested that fat was the cause of heart disease, we eliminated fat from the diet, and that was the growth of more drugs and science in order to somehow find the answer. But the, the French paradox is, is they ate fat and they had less heart disease. Okay, so but but it's it's a paradox. It's it's just something we just don't understand it because it can't be fat, because fat is ugly. And by the way, we are fat phobic and we judge people being fat as negative, and that is wrong in our society. Because if you were fat in a famine for the most three million and so if you look at polar bears. They must get fatter and fatter and fatter in order to survive. They can have three this fat, two this fat, and one this fat. And if they're only this fat, they don't reproduce. And then they hibernate in a snow cave and they gestate and they don't eat, drink, piss, or poop. And they don't lose one ounce of bone density or one ounce of, of, of muscle density. They only lose one thing, fat, because fat is the fuel. And so again, we've just been duped. We've been masterfully manipulated by the masters of marketing who eat the meat, by the way, and they convince all the masses to eat the, the mush. Crazy story. It really is. And you brought to mind the, the story of, I don't know if you're familiar with the the gentleman in Scotland who was obese, morbidly obese, I can't remember if he was six or 700 pounds. And he decided to just stop eating and fasting. And like the polar bear, didn't lose any muscle, didn't lose any bones, didn't lose any, he just ran. And, and what fascinated me was he didn't get the flappy skin. You know, when you get the gastric bypass and you get the, the, the liposuction, you get the flappies. He didn't get that because the body had autophagy and just ate the skin as well in its infinite wisdom. And autophagy, by the way, happens all the cells while you're just going through normal metabolism. That's impossible. Again, we kind of, we set aside these things in, in, in this happens here and this happens here. It's all a dance. It's all happening at the same time, right? You're breathing, you're talking, you're walking, you're seeing, you're hearing. Our instincts are amazing. We're meant to eat, but once a day or far less. I mean, if we were hunting out there in the savannah for a big beast, he ain't going to make, he ain't going to let us kill him easily, right? We're going to have to work hard for it. And it's going to take days, if not weeks. But when we get there, we're going to have the feast of our lives for days. And remember, what are we feasting on? We break and we we learn how to crack a stone to make a tool to not only kill the animal, uh, but also to to dress the animal so we can use every little piece of that animal for our survival. What do we do now? We look on whether or not we can get on a good channel and find some. <laughs> gather of any significance anymore, do we? Uh, doctor, we had a couple of audio, um, slowdowns. So maybe we could just do a recap on the three that you touched upon diabetes, heart disease, and cancer. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, just wrap those up in a neat box in case people are wondering what they missed. 
Um, so just wrap that up in a neat package for us. Inflammation is the cause of all disease, and the top diseases are, are um, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, you could throw in stroke and a few others, but all the immunologic disorders are secondary to mostly sugar. And when we say sugar, we're not talking about the white stuff. We're talking about all plants in our gut break down to simple sugar. And that causes something called glycation, which causes damage to our body. And of interest is that there's no requirement to ever eat a sugar or a carbohydrate, a plant. They're not required in our diet, but they basically, the sugar has a direct damage to the cells and the mitochondria. Then the plants make chemicals to control and harm us also. Um, and then um, cyanide, uh, arsenic, heroin, cocaine, marijuana, nicotine, and caffeine are drugs that plants make to control microbes and macrobes and, and things like that. And then, and then <clears throat> there's lectins, oxalates, and phytates and other antigenic particles. That means these are particles that aren't, aren't consumed as food. The body doesn't break them down as food though, but they're little splinters and shards of dust and dirt that circulate our body embed all around our body and cause inflammation. And then, and then the plants themselves ferment in our gut from the teeth, the gums, the mouth, the, the upper respiratory, the lower, the, the GI tract, they ferment. Fermentation makes heat, heat, alcohol, aldehyde, and methane gas, completely damaging to our body. GERD, farts, bloating, all these things. Again, the microbes love you because you eat the things that they love. And my sense is the microbiome is not, is, is not good for us. The glycobiome is damaged because we're eating plants, which dissolve the glycobiome, allow the microbes to flourish, and then cause those top four sugar, the chemicals plants make, the antigens plant make, and the fermentation via the microbes in the gut. Mm, mm. You know, it's kind of shocking to me, this pops into my head as you're, as you're speaking, when you've really figured this thing out, like you said earlier, like we figured this thing out, um, that some like the powers that be don't either say like come to you and say, okay, prove it. And if you prove it and you show me the science, then this will be our new protocol. Or they just seem to be quiet on this. If I go to a traditional MD, they're not going to be sharing this information with me. And it, you know, these are the challenges that I'm having. And then so many of my friends are having all the things you're talking about, you know, the dysbiosis and the bloating and the, and the teeth, you know, getting bleeding gums. I have to mm. stay on that like crazy, you know, and it's just sitting right there that the, the resolve seems to be sitting right there. I'm 66. I, I went carnivore at age 55. I was keto paleo for five ish years before that Atkins before that. And it made me feel better, but I still suffered and I still required the drugs and the doctors and the dissections. And until I went full on carnivore along with one meal a day, that just changed everything. Fascinating. Hey, would you mind addressing um, Alzheimer's to the same, um, to the same, parameters and the same uh, dynamics that you're outlying for diabetes, heart disease, and cancer apply when it comes to Alzheimer's as well? ALS, MS, uh, dementia, depression, anxiety, Alzheimer's, all of them are chronic and in chronic inflammatory disorders. Some things happen acutely, like an anaphylactic reaction, which is all secondary to plant-based uh, particles that cause inflammation. 
which spread throughout the body and kill people all day long and happens every day unless you have an EpiPen or you have uh, steroids or, or immediate um, um, doctor um, emergency room. But yeah, Alzheimer's uh, dementia are secondary to chronic inflammatory conditions, which are simply caused by the top four, which is sugar, antigens, chemicals, and fermentation, which you know makes more toxins. And again, when you make alcohol in your colon and your gut, it circulates everywhere in your body. It gives us brain fog. And ultimately, again, it's a low fat diet, which is deadly, along with eating a lot of plants and, and a high protein diet, which is not good for us. But yeah, Alzheimer's is just another, they call it uh, type three diabetes, basically. Dementia and Alzheimer's is damage to the neurons and the, and, the, and the cerebellum and the brain and all the other chemicals. I mean, Parkinson's, ALS, MS are the same thing. They're, they're acute in chronic inflammatory conditions, mostly a chronic inflammatory exposure to sugar. So, I mean, we could eat plants and we could eat sugar. You could drink some alcohol from time to time. Um, but, but uh, um, you know, if you're, and we are all eating it all the time. And that's the problem, right? In, in the American Journal of OBGYN or the, uh, one of the journals, it, it, it states that uh, keto, paleo, and Atkins diets are not good. The top diet they recommend is a plant-based, mostly uh, Mediterranean diet, but they also recommend a glass of wine for women every day, which, which is just counter to all health and wellness uh, claims. So it makes me realize that really the most important thing is making money and not making mommies or men. We are talking with Dr. Robert Kiltz, K-I-L-T-Z, one of the world's foremost thought leaders in the keto carnivore movement. Uh, believing that the this meat-based diet dramatically improves mental clarity, fertility, and health, empowering people to live their best lives. If people want to track with us as we're going through this conversation, doctor, what would be the best location for them to track you um, while we're having this very informative chat? DrKilts.com is the great way. DrKilts, D-O-C-T-R-R, Kilts, Kilts. You know, one way or another, uh, you'll type that in. You'll find me either... Uh, our, our website, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and all those things, because we love sharing the story. As a physician, I'm dedicated to helping people heal. And by the way, as a vegan, vegetarian, and Mediterranean, there are things you can do to, to be healthier in the keto uh, space also, by the way. You know, it's interesting. I've tried the keto uh, two or three times over the last three or four years. I don't think I ever fully adapted. I had, I ran into some uh, disaster pants issues with the keto. And uh, I think it may have been a lack of protein, but maybe you could tell me, cause I'm having a much better time with the carnivore. I have no diarrhea whatsoever with the carnivore. Well, I well, protein, the same. So a high protein, low fat diet, in my opinion is equally deadly and, and dangerous because it's fat. And again, when I use the word fat, we're talking about animal fat. Oils come from plants. All oils were created industrially in the last hundred or, or you know, few hundred years, like uh, pressed oils, palm oils, and 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 um, and olive oils. But the majority of oils are really, and all of them are industrial created. Uh, seed oils are, you know, there are many uh, industrial 
uh, processes in order to extract the oils uh, out of pretty much uh, something that would have been discarded in many in many other ways. But um, fat comes from an animal, and we only hunted animals that were fatty in general, and that was the very best healing food. And we ate again, we ate the organ meats. But as a as a Mediterranean and even as a vegetarian, you can use eggs, cream, butter, um, and some cheeses. Uh, but they must be fatty and you want to eat less frequently and you want to make the fat about two thirds of your calories. If you really want to reduce the inflammation, you must eat the fat to protect the glycobiome, to reduce the microbes that are trying to kill you. That is so uh, applicable in my case. And so many of my friends, it's seemed to become an epidemic. I guess they call it leaky gut. You had a much more scientific explanation for it with the sugar dissolving the sugar. Uh, I just know it as leaky gut and I feel it. I get, I bonk out when I eat uh, too many carbs or carbs at all. I get just stupid. I'm looking at the computer screen. I can't make my brain work. Well, well, that is, it. you know, keep it simple, stupid. We know kiss and how important it is. Again, it, it's um, a leaky gut is caused by a high plant-based, low animal fat diet. And it's really simple. And can you eat certain things? I mean, I make an ice cream. It's mostly cream. It's eggs. Uh, and I throw a little bit of white sugar in it because I know my bowel, my glycobiome is, is, is well-preserved and I do it from time to time. I don't do it all the time. And remember, there are some sugars, glycans in the meat you eat, but small amounts of sugars, but they're glycans that in general, we probably tolerate better than plant glycans. The plant glycans, again, stimulate the inflammation. They break down the glycobiome. And then the epithelial cells are damaged. And that, that's basically leaky gut. In a little bit, I want to talk about what your personal challenges are. But right now, Heather from Columbus, Indiana writes in. She has a three-part question. She says, one, I'm wondering how long it takes to transition over, specifically our digestion. And then two, how to convince others that not eliminating daily is just fine. And then she says, three, what amount of daily water is our target? I don't know any of those answers, but I'm going to give you my best opinion because number one, we're meant to go days without water, weeks without food, and but a minute without air or two or three, right? And so uh, bowel movements, when, you're, when your bladder fills and it's full, you empty it. We've been convinced we should have a bowel movement every day. Well, if you're if you're, if you're feeding three times a day, you're filling your bowels a lot of food and mostly it's plant-based fiber, which causes damage and fermentation in the colon. You're going to want to go as much as possible because you want to get rid of the fermentation going, the, the, the inflammation going on. But, but if you have a low inflammatory, low fermentation uh, food you eat, which is basically fatty meat, um, you're not going to feel the bloating and, and you can go days. I probably uh, uh, clean out my, my bowels uh, once or twice a week and there's no more blood. There's no more pain. There's no more anything that it's a disorder. I mean, when, when it's, when it feels like, Oh, it's full, you know, when you got to go. Right. And all this thing, everyone tries to force it because we've been convinced that you have to have a bowel movement every day. When in fact, I used very little toilet paper. Again, no more blood. I used to bleed like craziness. And so my bet is, again, once the glycobiome heals, 
you can go right into this. I mean, you could go into it right away. I mean, literally, you can go for vegan vegetarian directly into a carnivore, which is fatty meat. I call it the baby's way, bacon, eggs, butter, beef, kilts is ice cream from time to time, and intermittently feasting. You want to be intermittently eating fast, 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 feast, fast, 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 feast. That's why I do one meal a day. I use the term intermittent feasting. So, you know, it might take you two to four weeks for your bowels to heal up and get used to it. Uh, some people use a priming uh, the where you kind of stuff yourself with as much fatty meat as you want. You get like, oh my God, I just can't eat another thing. And then your body is like, oh my God, I'm happy. I want to go to sleep and I want to rest. Now I want to digest. Now you allow your bowels to rest for at least 24 hours. That's going to allow the healing. And if you could do a two to three day fast, um, I recommend 23 and one every day. I recommend a two day fast once a week and a three day fast once a month, and maybe a seven day fast once a year. Again, a lot of it is just because if you can do this, you could do anything. And that's the beauty of these things. And so um, your, your bowels only need to be emptied when they're full problem is you eat three to six meals a day. Oh my God, you're going to fill them. I do one meal and I'll give you a snack or two, but it's still in the baby's way again, carnivore. Um, and, and, but, but you don't need to eat because what's the fuel for the mitochondria? It's fat. And the fat, my bet is most all of us have fat everywhere. Anorexia, people die fast, but, but, um, uh, sorry about that. Uh, but anyone else uh, is, is it's chronic illnesses, right? That are killing us. And so um, I hope I answered all those, those bits of the question there. And Her first one was, is there a set amount of time? How long does it take to keto adapt or to fat? Well, adapt? well the, 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 you're not, different? there's no such thing, no such thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so you're basically withdrawing from a, a from carbohydrates, which are carbocane. You're withdrawing from addictive chemical. So how long does it take you to get off caffeine or cigarettes or any other drug? You're the only one that can do that one. I went cold turkey off of coffee two months ago, two and a half months ago. Um, and so you can do anything like that. So again, we're addicted to carbohydrates. And the reason is because we're idiots. No disrespect to any of us. Basically, if you find a fruit tree it, and, 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 and it's sweet as heck, and you don't eat as much as you can right now, you're going to, you may die a two, a week or two later because you didn't get fat enough. And so ultimately the mitochondria use fatty acids for ATP production. Sugars and amino acids must be converted to fat in the liver. This idea that sugar and keto is you burn sugar and then you burn fat or you have fast glycosylation is the missing link here. Glycosylation is a very critical, important component of glycoproteins. So we know how important proteins are. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, proteins totally. are important. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But is fat more important or proteins more important? I'm guessing based on what you've been saying for the last hour, that fat is your go-to. That is fat is anorexics have muscles, have bones, have no fat, drop dead fast. Okay. So the lack of protein is almost never the cause of disease in most cases. Um, and so fat is it. And, and so um, 
the the DNA makes um, RNA uh, in order to make um, to make a protein, and they make this in the in the uh, endoplasmic reticulum, which is in the cytoplasmic compartment, and the the amino acids line up; they're linked to make a protein, and then a sugar is added to most proteins in order to make it the proper shape and function. That's called glycosylation. So that happens so fast, just like the production of ATP. So our brain thinks sugar is energy, but it's not. It's glycosylation. And if you can't glycosylate properly, you will die fast. The electron transport chain, it's a it's a set of, of nanoproteins that are motor, no, motor proteins. They move, right? But there's a pass off of hydrogen, but there's also shape changes. And these shape changes require glycosylation. That means adding a glycan in a proper space or place in order to give the proper charge and the proper shape. Again, it's, it's, it's complicated, but it's, just amazingly simple. Again, we, we all know about protein, how important it is to make a protein from amino acid, but we don't know how important it is. If you look up the glycobiome and begin to realize that the glycosylation in the glycome is the most critical component to modern medicine and, and uh, to the function of your body. We We're talking with Dr. Robert Kiltz, world leading expert on the carnivore protocol. And uh, recently, Dr. Kiltz, uh, Jordan Peterson was on uh, the Joe Rogan show talking about carnivore and uh, has been a strict carnivore now for about three months, no cheating whatsoever. And here are the different um, issues that he said that carnivore addressed successfully for him personally, depression snoring, gum disease, gastric reflux disorder, psoriasis, mood regulation, eye floaters, his appetite fell by 70% and no blood dysregulation problems whatsoever. He needs less sleep, got rid of his anxiety, got rid of his depression, leg numbness gone away. He went from 212 pounds to 162 pounds. Uh, and he said he'll never go back. So that really speaks a lot to what you were saying. And maybe if you wouldn't mind going to some of the, some of the issues you were having personally, what it addressed for you in a, in a personal way, and maybe some of the emotions involved with that. As a child, I had um, migraine headaches and I had uh, bowel problems and I couldn't hold my bowels and, and um, I was dyslexic and I would say that I was very um, anxiety and fearful. Um, I was a, a short little, uh, a kid and and uh, but I had a lot of great energy ADHD OCD dyslexia um, and so it carried with me for many years through school I was uh, certainly uh, uh, you know that may probably had something to do with the fact that I was a street kid kicked out of school couldn't read uh, and didn't fit in in some ways and so I found a group that I fit in which is kind of the bad kids in a sense but over time um, I managed to sort of straighten myself out um, but but I suffered from the bowel bleeding, arthritis, psoriasis, migraines, kidney stones, back problems, um, depression, anxiety, uh, OCD. And I would say that when I went carnivore again uh, at age 55, all of it was gone in but a month. And I'm like, whoa, but it took me two years to realize that as I was just uh, in one of my, 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 my 
bags I carry around. And I found all these drugs that I hadn't taken in two years. And I'm like, whoa. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm, I get something from time to time, but it's very, very minimal. Uh, but I don't have the, the, the hemorrhoids are gone. The bowel bleeding is gone. Uh, it, and it, it's the most miraculous thing. Uh, I, toilet paper, almost none nowadays. Again, your bowels are different. Uh, I go far less frequently and migraine's gone. And, and I, I stopped coffee. I think I was able to stop coffee because, you know, I just, my brain is so much more directive and functional and, and I feel better. And, and my, my muscles have more tone and, 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 um, again, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of resistance work nowadays, some weights and walking, and I do a little bit of bike riding, but I like to be active and creative. And, and I think that's the biggest thing that it's helped me do. And I found this area of, of carnivore, you know, keto and carnivore, they kind of hand in hand a little bit, but if you want to get to the master class, it's fatty meat. That's the way. I ask you a question um, uh, regarding weight. So uh, Jordan Peterson was happy with going down to 162. He's about six foot one, um, was 212. I'm about six feet 180. Um, I would be uncomfortable, frankly, at 162. I don't think I look good at 162. Is there any way to do the carnivore? A lot of people say, hey, you will lose weight. You will lose. They're, they're shouting that like it's a good thing. But for an ectomorph and for a hard gainer like me, that's a negative. I don't have a pound to give. Is there a way to actually gain lean body mass, and gain weight and muscle weight on the carnivore or are, are the two mutually exclusive? Well, number one, skinny is deadly and fat is not the cause of disease. If you're, if you're labeled as obese in our current modern world with a BMI over XYZ, um, then uh, ultimately you're there because genetically you're predisposed to gain the weight on a on a carbohydrate diet in order to survive the famines so my sense is that being overweight isn't the cause it's just another sign of you're eating a high carb low animal fat diet in my opinion and you're eating two to three meals a day and thus you're more likely to have all the diseases that we've already discussed but it's not the cause that's why even if you're labeled as overweight you go carnivore in two to four weeks you'll feel fantastic and those diseases and drugs will quite often go away quickly because the fat isn't resistant insulin is doing what it's meant to do is make fat in the liver and and deposit it everywhere that's really the simplicity to it but yeah i think your weight's fine again what weight do you want to be again we we've created this idea that we're all supposed to be skinny and we're not we're, we're meant to go up and down, up and down, depending on the, the availability of food. I'd be happy staying at 180 and just doing a recomposition. So if the carnivore helps me get rid of my visceral fat and my crazy fat, but I don't want to go down to 170 or down to 160. And, and I'm a little concerned about calories because I lose my appetite when all I eat is meat, to be honest with you. I forget about eating, and, and that's a good thing. I'm not complaining, but I don't like the weight loss. Well, then then uh, that's where maybe a little bit of resistance work, um, a, band, uh, a band work or, or weights or, or just doing calisthenics, I think are, are good. Stretching is good. Yeah, again, we're not all meant to look the same. We're not all meant to be bulky with muscles. Actually, they're probably bulky muscles often are marbled muscles 
in my opinion. And you may be, you may be depositing more fat than you know. And again, um, lean, uh, skinny, uh, a, a, a caloric deficit overall is probably a, a, a longevity creating in, in for a lot of people. Um, and, and so I would say that again, it's, uh, this is where you add the fatty meat. You add my ice cream. I think it's good. And, and again, a little bit of carbs from time to time, some honey and, and fruit, but I just don't recommend those things daily. J Rob writes in from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He says, why do monkeys do great eating mostly fruit? And since we resemble the digestive tract of monkeys, why shouldn't we eat mostly fruit too? My instincts draw me to fruit, not bloody animals. There is something magical about eating fruit. I can eat as much as I want, whenever I want, and it always tastes heavenly. I've never looked at an animal and desired to pounce on it, tear it apart and eat it. Picking fruit seems way more natural to me. In other words, eating dead animals seems counterintuitive. Eat whatever you want, and that's the most important thing. What we're talking about is the cause of disease. Uh, when Dave Kilmer died of cancer, Sarah Hallberg died of cancer, and I see so many people dying of cancer, we know that sugar is the leading cause of cancer. So if you're eating sugar, fruit, vegetables, seeds, nuts of any frequency or significance, it may cause cancer in you. Again, uh, cancer centers are growing, uh, and the leading cause of cancer is I don't know. And uh, But we're blind. It must be red meat. Well, we blame red meat, but why couldn't it be fruits and vegetables? Just as equally as it could be red meat. Um, and so all I can tell you is that when I went carnivore and eliminated the fruits and vegetables, I've never felt better. And so each of us must choose what we wish to eat. I do love fruits and vegetables. I do love uh, cookies, cakes, and ice cream. Uh, but we're not monkeys or humans. My bet is uh, we came out of the trees not to eat the grass, but the grass eaters. We're hunters in packs. We're like lions and wolves. That's what we are. You don't want to eat the meat. There's the lions that don't eat meat become meat. You know, I think, and I'm trying to get my brain around this whole thing. And some of the, the information that's out there seems to conflict at times, but it seems to me if we can get our brain around this whole fermentation issue that you were talking about and the, the protective wall, the sugar wall that protects us, if we can get our brain around that, and along those lines, there was another guest on Joe Rogan, um, uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick. She had talked a little bit about some cautious. I think she's all in all, she's behind carnivore, but she did, she did make a note of caution, and that had to do with fermentation. And she said that there are some potentially negative results about the way fat is fermented. And she said that it, there's a, a an issue called purine, like a, a veg, uh, uh, some kind of chemical that's carcinogenic, and they may track back to the colon cancers. That that do, do you drive a car? I do. You can die, but most people don't die in a car every day, and so it's a low enough risk, right? And so I would say again, we're we're always looking for the 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 one percent. Okay, so um, you hear the stories on carnivore. Now, remember, you hear a lot of the stories on vegans and vegetarians, too. But, but uh, Seventh-day Adventists do live longer because it's not just the food, it's the lifestyle. They don't drink, they don't smoke, and they probably live a, 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 a life of less risk, in, in essence. But I would say that um, 
fat does not ferment amino acids and sugars ferment because amino acids contain sugars on them. Remember amino acids will go into the sugar pathways uh, or the TCA pathways. Fatty acids must be broken down to a acetyl-CoA and it's quite easily and readily available. But I would say that fermentation happens by, via amino acids and sugars. And that's why butter doesn't mold. And, and so again, we're, we're always going to hear a story that, that is, yeah, could maybe, but it's not the most common thing. See, um, uh, you can, you can die on eating bad meat, right? You can actually have an anaphylactic reaction to eating meat that somehow had something in it that you were allergic to, but, but that's not the most common, the most common thing for ana anaphylactic reactions or, 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 or allergies to plants, milk cheeses, butters, but, and even egg, but, uh, and, and even again, fish and shellfish, but ribeye steak, I haven't heard it. Are there any plants, Dr. Kiltz, um, in the plant medicine space that have been proven over time to, to serve humanity or to, uh, to alleviate an ailment that you would use? Well, if you got aspirin, aspirin, or, uh, and I mean, there are many drugs. I mean, I use, I've used antibiotics, antifungal antivirals. I've used, uh, modern medicine is amazing. And we have amazing, amazing discoveries. And we're discovering more and more. The glycobiome, the glycobiology is how you make uh, all the vaccines. It's how you make all the cancer drugs today. Uh, the, the, the sugars, the glycans create the barcode of who you are. Uh, and basically, they know how to manipulate the barcode now so that we can we can trick the cancers in order to get a, a, a drug in to save you. Uh, but maybe we can prevent the cancers and prevent many of the diseases. I believe many people are dying of COVID because they have high, they're highly inflamed due to chronic inflammation, due to a chronic high plant-based, low animal fat diet. Listen, I'm not telling you to eliminate plants. Uh, each person has to find the thing and eat them, you know, at, at their, the, from time to time, or if you're eating them all the time, do you eat less frequently, like once a day, add more fat, and you want to cook the carbs. So you remember, many of the plants we eat, they're non-toxic when they're prepared properly. And so corn has to be properly prepared and wheat properly prepared. And many other vegetables must be properly soaked beans uh, and cooked in order for us to uh, uh, diminish the toxicity and maximize the nutrient uh, value. But minerals and vitamins are, are mostly in the meat and even vitamin C it's all in the meat and the liver and the bone marrow, the bone broth. Those are the things that you really want to be be eating when you reduce the 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 leak leaky gut and the inflammation and you you heal the glycobiome then your body's able to to heal and function at the uh capacity like a lion or a wolf that we're meant to be not a pig cow or sheep uh which is a domesticated animal and dogs and cats by the way are lions and wolves in their ancient past but when you feed a lion or wolf plants that become domesticated, they become easily controlled because then they're addicted to them and they want them and they'll do anything for you to get them and even be controlled, domesticated dogs and cats. That's simple, isn't it? Wow, that's, that's powerful. I hadn't thought of it that way. 
Very, what very would you powerful. do to get a cigarette or a Coke or candy? All right. You want to be good. You want to do whatever it is to get you lined up to be um, the domesticated lion, not the wild type. We're talking with Dr. Robert Kiltz. One more time, Dr. Kiltz, if people want to track with us while we're having this conversation about carnivore and the carnivore protocol, where should they go to learn more about you? You have very, very active media uh, presence, a lot of podcasts. Maybe tell us a little bit about the podcast. Well, I enjoy sharing the story because I think it's a game changer. Too many people, young and old, uh, uh, newborns and unborns are, are, being, are suffering because of the, the diets we've been uh, directed to uh, consume. And we're being directed maybe because the people that are directing don't really know. Again, if you got the wrong science, you're going to just keep on going down the wrong road. Maybe what we think is wrong, Occam's razor says the simple answer is the one. And the simple answer is we are lionesses and lions, not pigs, cows, and sheep. And so if you go to drkilts.com, you'll find all of our stuff there. It'll link it to the Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and more. But again, I'm inspired as a physician. Uh, I've been uh, honored to become a doctor in, in this country. I've learned so much from so many scientists, but I've also learned to question, is that really so? When my healthy doctor friend, Dave Kilmer, died of cancer and saw Sarah Hallberg died not too long ago of lung cancer, and her, her question was, why did I get cancer? And I think ultimately the simple answer is the one. Plants are deadly in any significance or frequency unless you have an anaphylactic reaction and that small amount could kill you fast. When we come back from this very short break, we're going to talk about implementing the carnivore diet, how Dr. Kiltz does it, what he eats in an average day. And we're also going to address tough adapters. That's me, Jordan J. Adams. I'm a tough adapter. I find it really hard to get past a certain amount of hours without feeling like I subliminally need to fill my glycogen, fill my liver, fill my muscles back up. Cause I'm again, the tough, tough gainer. I'm a hard gainer. And so we're going to directly address those two elements and much more when we return from this extremely short break, stay with us. Here with Dr. Robert Kiltz, and uh, we were just talking about the microbiome. One of the things I was kind of wondering is, if you eat ferments, will that help to eliminate any issues with dangerous, like they, they say that, that and, and correct me, because this is not my area of expertise by any stretch of the imagination, but the people who are saying that red meat is dangerous in the colon or dangerous in the intestines due to uh, polyps and, and carcinogenic issues, would, a, would eating ferments, whether it's sauerkraut, kimchi, kefir, yogurt, eat any of the ferments, would that help to negate those problems? Or am I even on the wrong platform? I'm not even talking. It sounds like you come from a whole different place regarding ferments. Well, one is, have you ever seen meat in the toilet? No. Have you ever seen any plant material in the toilet? Yes. Um, plants are poorly digested and they ferment in the colon. That causes cancer. Meat, once again, is not the cause of cancer, but, but it's been um, labeled as such in order to scare us so we don't eat the meat. If you eat meat, you become the master. As long as you keep on eating the mush, you stay meek. Now, again, you got to play with this a little bit because we're having fun in this whole conversation. And I talk about it that way. You know, can you eat 
plants, you can, but but we're eating too many plants too frequently, uh, and that's not good for us. And so, and we're also eating not eating the thing that we're supposed to be eating, which is fatty meat, which is what we evolved on because we figured out how to kill the big animals. Now we've got too good, and then it's really hard to kill an animal. So we're, we claim that eating fruits and vegetables is much better for me because it's easier. So we've gone to easy in life. Anyone could do easy, but only the masters can do hard. And the last I looked, if you eat meat, you become the master, you can do hard. It is that what this is really all about in life. This idea that somehow I'm only going to do the easy things. Well, what's that about? I mean, what great things are you going to accomplish with that? You want to be able to do the hard things. And the simple nutrition is fatty meat. But you don't need to have to eat every day. You actually contain the fat that allows you to go weeks without food. And that's the master. Again, the, the, the damage in our body is caused by plants and not fatty meat. I am looking right now at a note sent to me by Dr. Tom Hansen of Carrollwood, Florida. And he says, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Everything you're saying is extremely interesting to me, but what about implementation? How do I implement the protocol and what does an average day in Dr. Kiltz's world look like in terms of the nutrition that he eats? I drink some mineral water during the day, not a lot. Uh, Gerald Steiner, Topo Chico, any, you know, there's a lot of mineral waters out there. Um, I eat my fatty ribeye steak every day. I look forward to that beautiful feasted meal. I add some butter, maybe some blue cheese. I cook it black and blue and uh, it's the very best thing. You want to add some eggs? Great. I add some liver. I love duck liver. Um, that's my mainstay. Occasionally have some salami, some cheese, if I want a little snack during the day, but that's rare. And basically I, I only buy bacon, eggs, butter, beef, and some really great salts, a little bit of cheese and salami. That's all that's in my refrigerator, nothing else. And so there's no, there's no desire to eat the rest of the stuff. Now I do make some ice cream from time to time. I have a piece of chocolate from time to time. I enjoy these things. But I make sure that my my refrigerator is is full of these things. And if I want these things anyplace else, I go out to dinner, I go to a place where I can buy my ribeye steak. I sometimes eat lobster. Um, you we've been we've we've filled our our cupboards and our refrigerators and the and the breakfast, lunch, and dinner table with the things that actually cause disease. But we label them as healthy, and that's the problem. And if you begin to relabel, uh, your food and you re reanalyze uh, what is really good for us. And you'll find that eating fatty meat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Now I don't recommend breakfast, lunch, and dinner because digestion actually requires blood flow to the bowels. But if you're running around doing uh, work all day, blood flow goes away from the bowels. And I think that contributes to uh, diminished uh, proper uh, bowel uh, and food digestion. You had mentioned um, eating organs, doctor, and I did notice some delta in between some MD carnivores. And some MD carnivores are saying to do the organs sparingly in uh, due to 
actually too much nutrition, especially um, oil soluble, like the A's, they said to have to be, that it should be a once in a while thing. And they're not saying not to eat fat. These are carnivore doctors, but they're saying be moderate to um, small amounts of organs. Where do you land on the eat organs spectrum? I don't think we know the answer. I mean, uh, vitamin A uh, uh, toxicity is extremely rare. And I think maybe it was reported someone ate a liver of a polar bear. And last time I didn't see it at the market. I, uh, so it's probably a very unlikely. I mean, I focus my meal on fatty, fatty meat. Again, it could be burgers. It could be chuck. It could be sirloin. It could, many, many and inexpensive meats are as good as expensive meats, by the way. Uh, and, but you want to add the fat. And if you throw in some liver, some organ meats in there, along with your burger or, 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 or your meats in other ways, I think you're going to get all you need. Um, you know, we're, we're focusing on eating, uh, which, which ultimately the food should be a small part of your life because you're, you're fueling the Ferrari, uh, the temple, the lioness and the lion in order to do the work of creativity, not spending all the time, like what's for, what for breakfast, what's for lunch, what's for dinner. Oh my God, what am I eat? Where am I going to go? Like it, and the beauty of this carnivore is it's so simple and easy. There's just very little, you know, you just, you narrow it down and you don't need to be going crazy on, boy, I don't know if I got my right nutrients. You eat this, you get all your nutrients, just eating fatty meat gets you all your nutrients. You don't need to eat the organ meats, but, but, you know, you throw them in, maybe it's going to take you that next level. I don't think we really know that answer We're we're talking a lot of experience, the, the getting, and, and the science often is anecdotal. Um, so many people that have done carnivore and my patients get pregnant, uh, the diseases go away. They've never felt better. Uh, again, pregnant pre and post-pregnancy, it is the way. And that is amazing. And if you look at James Henry Salisbury, Salisbury state guy, like he was a physician in the 1800s civil war. He went to Albany med, you know, everyone knows Salisbury steak. He did the studies. He showed that his men were dying of dysentery, eating the mush. He put them on steak and coffee. They all healed up. He was a chemist and a microscopist. He did the studies. He wrote them down. He showed that the bacteria and the, and the, and the, and the yeast was flourishing in our GI tract. It goes up through the, through the esophagus into the lungs and it goes out through the rectum and affects us all. So again, the story is simple. We're making too much difficulty out of this and science. We, we pile on study after study, after study, after study, most studies are snake oil. There, there, there are, there's a, there's an agenda. It's propaganda. It's money-making. Again, we all want to make money and have a life and live and enjoy, but I'm a scientist. I'm a doctor. My job is to help heal patients. And when they went carnivore and they're healing, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Wait for the science to tell us the answer? My fifth cause of disease is exercise. Whoa. Exercise. Excessive. Excessive exercise. But but, but I'm going to even use the word exercise because what do you label as excessive? You know, exercise is the leading cause of disease. And I tell you why, because, you know, they're making like exercise burns, makes you like be better. It doesn't. My best friends have died dropping dead exercising. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. We'll talk about that. I'll yeah, text you. I'll text you later today or tomorrow. We'll set something up. I really enjoy this. You, you do a great, amazing. You suck it out of me. To oh, throw it thank out you, there. brother. The reason I go over that again is because some of your claims, Dr. Kiltz, are pretty strong to the average person. 
and they might want to just, um, you know, uh, not listen, or they might want to uh, dismiss you based on how strong the claims are. But so that's why I want people to know of your deep medical, traditional conservative heritage, because that is what might make people say, okay, maybe I should listen to this guy. So when we left off, one of your strong claims, and this one just blew my mind, is that exercise is one of the, if not the leading causes of disease, even for me. And I'm, I love carnivore. Even for me, you're going to have to defend that position, man, because I love to work out. Well, well, let's not say disease, but let's say damage injury, because um, the more you race your car, it doesn't last as long. So the more miles in a short amount of time, the more damage. And we are pushing exercise like it's going to make you stronger. Now, it may make you bigger muscles, but people are pushed to, to even press more weight than they should be pressing at any one time or running further than they should, but they're exercising more hours than they can, can focus on being creative in life. So if you're spending all your time running and running and running, the question is, what'd you accomplish? Now, if you're getting some metal and, you know, getting accolades for that, but the last I looked, gladiators don't live as long. Now, again, we want to, we want to modulate that exercise, spend 30 minutes a day going for a walk or maybe get in the gym doing some resistance or biking. If you want to be an athlete, we do know that major athletes injure themselves all day long and have a shorter career. So if you think running more is going to make you healthier because your heart's going to be faster, I would say that's actually going to increase the risk of your dropping dead suddenly, potentially. Again, some exercise is good. Strength training is good. I say practice getting up out of bed 10 times so that, you know, you're always going to be able to get out of bed. Uh, but sometimes you don't need to overdo it in order to do the simple things of participating in life. That's kind of what, what I'm saying more than anything. Fair enough. And you know what comes to mind when you were saying that is, you know, some of the research that's been coming out lately is on positive stressors. So like a little bit is good for the body, like a, like cold for a certain amount of time or heat for a certain amount of time or resistance exercise for a certain amount of time, but then it becomes counterproductive over a certain. So it's, tell me if I'm accurate in saying it's all about balance. It's, 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 it, well, it's about a balance uh, and, and too much is too much friction, heat, and damage. There are more joints being replaced today than ever before. And people are like, you know, it's like a, a badge of honor. I got my new hip, my new knee, it's great. Well, had you one, been a carnivore and used your motion for strength training more than anything, uh, rather than trying to run a marathon. See, we're walkers. I don't believe we're runners, we're walkers. You could sprint some, great, uh, high intensity, short interval stuff is great, but listen, the majority of people that live a long time, ask them how much they exercise. They didn't. They participated in life. They joined a band. Uh, they, they, you know, they, they learned a, a new, a new sport like uh, a paddle ball or, or tennis where you're participating with others, but you're not going too crazy. That's it. We need to be more social in life where we connect in positive ways with more people, that's where you're really going to grow in life. And you had said you're okay with the resistance exercise. I'm glad to hear that because, you know, uh, 
in some of the studies that, that have come out about the positivity of growing lean body mass, of increasing the delts, increasing the glutes, the quads, that that's anti-aging, that the body's releasing growth hormone. Is, is that, do you, do you agree with that? It's youthifying. It's you're making more, you more youthful. I don't like to do something anti-aging because because we're all going to age, but we want to make sure that we're participating in life in a youthful way as we're aging in beautiful, amazing ways. But I think resistance work is excellent, uh, whether it's band work or or weight work uh, or or simply doing gymnastics and calisthenics. I saw uh, on one of the Instagram uh, shows a 90-year-old-plus woman doing the parallel bars. Uh, I do rings. Uh, I do push-ups, sit-ups. Uh, I do rowing. Uh, I do some biking. I get up and I move, but I maybe do 30 minutes a day, max. You know, I'm not, I think too much bulk is counterproductive and not necessary uh, for for global health and wellness for most of us. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's switch over to something I promised I would get back to earlier. And that is the people who are in my tribe who are tough adapters. So when I say tough adapter, um, I mean, I've tried to go keto many times. And I've never gotten past about the 35 or 36 hour mark. And the reason I haven't gotten by that mark is because I start feeling so bad. And they say keto flu. I say, no, no, no. Flu is not strong enough word. Uh, I start feeling so catabolic and so toxic and almost metallic. Uh, just all things bad, like death, like death. And you know what fixes it? You're going to hate this, but it fixes it. A banana or a potato or something fixes it. I realize that it's because my body's not adapting. It's not uptaking the oil because I'm getting diarrhea. So I'm not, I'm not ingesting the oil or something, but what is your remedy or what would you give as a prescription for the tough adapters out there who really want to do this, but can't seem to get past that 36 or 48 hour mark when all their glycogen is gone. That's what it is. When my glyc is gone, that's when I feel it. Well, I don't think your glycogen is ever gone because glycans are for glycosylation. See, everyone thinks that keto is you go from sugar burning to fat burning. I don't believe it. Uh, fat is the fuel always for the mitochondria. Sugars are called glycans. Glycans are critical for glycosylation. So, a protein is made in the cytoplasm of in the endoplasmic reticulum uh, and the Golgi apparatus, but the majority of your proteins must be glycosylated in order to function. Well, that happens at light speed. That happens so fast. Again, we think glucose is used up, but uh-uh. Your glucose is critical for glycosylation. Fatty acids. How many people do you know that are anorexic and have no fat on their body? Nobody. No, nobody. They yeah. drop dead because if I draw your blood, I will find cholesterol and fatty acids all over the place and I'll find sugar. Okay. So now why would your body burn sugar when it's got fat everywhere? It, it would not, it doesn't make any sense. My bet is we've got the science wrong, but basically carbohydrates are addicting. And so how easy is it to stop the addictive habits you have? It's not. Because 
plants are highly addictive because sugar is highly addictive because it stimulates the, the feel good receptors because we're just idiots. If there's a fruit tree 50,000 years ago and you don't eat all of it, you might be dead next week. So you better take advantage of eating as much as you can because we're built to, to, to where we are absolutely built to, 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 uh, uh, to uh, eat sugar, but not all the time from time to time. And so basically how easy is it to stop smoking? It's not really hard. No, how easy no. is it to stop drinking coffee uh, or any other drug, heroin, cocaine, marijuana, all of those things are highly addictive because number one, they're made from a plant and they're going to do everything they can to make you consume them so they can control and or kill you and make you fertilizer. It's simple. So what's the solution for keto flu? Carnivore. Listen, keto is for the masses. I call it pedestrian. You want to be the master? Eat the meat. Eat as much fatty meat as you want. You will get full. You will get satiated. You will not want to eat for days because you feel amazing. You no longer need the plants of any significance or frequency. So most people have never read books about glycosylation. The sugar code is one really good one. Okay, sugar is critical in your body. It's just not critical in your diet. Mm. So the problem is we're eating foreign sugars. Again, it's glucose, it's galactose, it's lactose. But again, the majority of plant sugars are damaging, just like COVID is damaging because its spike protein is covered with a sugar called a glycan, which is the barcode of basically saying friend or foe. And they know how to kill us because they expose us to foreign sugars, which which damage our immune system or damage our body and stimulate the immune system that is chronically uh, uh, exposing us uh, to these, these antigens. So again, how do you get rid of it? Go carnivore. Because keto, I did keto also. I, I, I still did not heal. But when I went carnivore, game change. And carnivore, by the way, is fatty meat. And that's it. Uh, it doesn't require fruit, fiber, vegetables, seeds, or nuts. When you eat a banana, it makes you feel good. But to, so does a tobacco. To, so does alcohol. And for some people, heroin, cocaine, or marijuana makes them feel good. Is that good for them? No. And how many carbohydrates are required in your human diet? Zero. So when you say, I need them, it's like you need a cigarette or you need your coffee or other drugs that you have no need for. Powerful. Well said. And I think that like I was talking earlier on at the very beginning of the show, I did a little prelude and I said, man, if even a third or even a fourth or a fifth of what is promised with the carnivore nutritional protocol comes true and is accurate, it's a game changer for the whole planet because it takes care of the big diseases. The, all the diseases, in my opinion, and, and, and are, are, are caused by plants. Basically, plants are predators and we're the prey. 
they've domesticated us around the globe. They've convinced us how to grow them and change their DNA and make them sweeter and better so that we consume them more, which ultimately we do more of their work and, and they make more of us as their fertilizer. And again, it's kind of radical, but the all diseases, in my opinion, are caused by top five things. Uh, sugar, the plant antigens, lectates, oxalates, phytates, glutens, the plant chemicals, heroin, cocaine, marijuana, nicotine, and caffeine, uh, uh, those are just a small number that we all hear of all the time. Fermentation, the, the, the plants come with bacteria and yeast. The bacteria and yeast in your mouth, your esophagus, your stomach, your intestines, your colon, ferment. Fermentation mates heat, alcohol, aldehyde, methane gas, and it, it, it's bloating, okay? So fiber ferments all over our body due to the bacteria and yeast, and even the probiotics, I don't believe are good for us. We're, we're feeding the sugar. We're feeding the microbes with the sugar. What's that make? Alcohol. So you're wondering why you're like a little sort of uh, uh, always feeling uh, down and tired and, and, and fog, right? Brain fog all the time. Why? Because we're eating absolutely the opposite nutrition that's meant for a human being. We're meant to eat fatty meat. And yes, what did we eat 50,000 years ago? I don't know. But all I can tell you is as a physician, when I went carnivore, arthritis, psoriasis, migraines, kidney stones, bowel bleeding, hemorrhoids, backaches, depression, anxiety, fear, worry, gone. You want to be top of the game? You want to be the carnivore in the ring? Guess what? The gladiator, they're the carnivores. And if you look at the Vikings and you look at the Mongols, what did they eat? primarily a meat-based diet and that's it I'm simple story i'm almost nervous to ask the follow-up question but i will because it could be on a lot of people's minds are there any situations in your mind where plant medicines and we know that in some ways they're toxins but in other ways because they're trying to use us as transportation they might do good things for us is there any place in your mind where plant medicine could be healing or positive for humans? Well, all of the things that we've made in the modern world in pharmaceuticals and in, in, uh, in surgeries and medicine and devices and medicinals, including plant-based, have helped us in many ways. And so uh, I would say, I'm not saying trash all the modern, modern conveniences we've created, especially in medicine, but maybe... Things like cancer might be cured by carnivore rather than caused by mush uh, in, in some way. Or, and, and, and I would say that, you know, again, it's all good, but why do we say that meat causes cancer and vegetables don't based on what science? Actually, none. You've never seen meat in your toilet, but you see plants all day long because human bowels are not meant to easily digest plants. We have to process things to be edible uh, or less toxic between soaking and, and other processes. We can do that. But uh, yes, I think that I, I listen. I love French fries from time to time. Uh, I love ice cream that I make with a little bit of cane sugar. Uh, do I drink a martini with blue cheese stuffed olives from time to time? But most of the time, uh-uh. 
Uh, that's from time to time. But all the time, I really work on my one meal a day at night. It's fatty meat. And you must fat focus on the fat. Have you ever noticed that butter never molds? And most of the animal fat that sits on the counter never molds. And that plant oils, by the way, are industrial produced and they go rancid all day long. And so ultimately, when you eat animal fat, you suppress the, the microbes in the bowels and you reduce inflammation. And it's you protect the glycobiome. You must protect the glycobiome which is the one thing most people don't even know anything about. I say insulin resistance doesn't exist. Glucose is not the energy for the mitochondria. It must be converted to fat in the liver along with amino acids via insulin. And again, uh, fiber, fruits, and vegetables are not required in the human diet ever. And I will bet a billion dollars they're the leading cause of most of our diseases. Well, I see we're running out of time on our clock here. I want to be very uh, respectful of your busy time. Is there anything that I didn't ask you, anything you want to leave the folks with? I, I know you held up a couple of books uh, for the people who are listening to the podcast. They didn't see that. So maybe you'd tell them what those books are or any, you know, uh, way well, if you, in touch with you. If you go to drkilts.com, we have links to all of these books. Again, Plants That Kill uh, by Elizabeth Dauncey and Sonny Larson. Uh, there's a really great, great journal called called uh, Poisonous Plant Research. United States Department of Agriculture recognizes that plants kill livestock. Well, if livestock are damaged, uh, they lose money. But if human stock is damaged by eating plants, someone makes money. Now, again, I'm not saying it's conspiracy, but the animals that are meant to eat plants get damaged to plants all the time. Why would we think that plants couldn't damage and kill human beings. They do. They cause miscarriage. Uh, they cause, uh, I think, uh, genetic and chromosomal abnormalities. We are basically eating all the toxins via plants. And we've claimed that red meat is deadly, when in fact, it is probably the single leading thing that's the healthiest thing you can eat when it's fatty. Uh, but basically... Uh, meat makes masters, mommies, and men. Mush makes us meek. And aren't we all done being meek? So powerful. He is a thought leader in the keto and carnivore movement. Dr. Robert Kiltz, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I've been on, I'm on 48 hours now. Uh, my sciatic is 100% gone. My brain fog's 80% gone. I know this is anecdotal, but this is me. Like I am saying, anyone who knows me, they know that I'm, I say it like it is. This is what I'm noticing so far at the 48 hour mark and my stomach is flatter. So three big, huge things that I wanted to directly address, especially the brain fog, an 80% lift in the brain fog and steady energy uh, all day long for the last two days. And that is feeling really good. Okay. It is, it is most remarkable thing I've ever learned. And uh, I think it's time that we're all open to the possibilities of something opposite is actually a value for your health and wellness. Jordan, God bless you. And thank you so much for inviting me on. Love to share with, with, with your community any day of the week. We are deeply grateful. Thank you so much, doctor. God bless you. God bless. Talk soon. For our full schedule of fights on the NBC Sports Network, CW and ABC affiliates, 
visit unitedfightalliance.com. United Fight Alliance. United, we fight.